Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. happening beautiful people y'all look wonderful today welcome to freedom house also want to welcome live streamers new york north carolina georgia florida texas new hampshire and alaska come on somebody hey my name is troy maxwell and uh my wife and i are the senior pastor stand up sweet sweetie this is my wife penny hey why don't you come up here because you're going to help me do an intro this is the time of the service where we have an opportunity to be generous to give um, and, and we have lots of different ways that you can do that. If you brought cash or check, uh, there's envelopes in the seat back pocket in front of you. <clears throat> After service is over, we have these uh, giving boxes on either side of the door. When you walk out, you can put that in there. It goes directly to God. You can see it. You can hear the noise just like at the bank. It goes, shoo, and it just goes right up to God. Then if you want to do it online, you can take your phone Open your camera app, hold it over this QR code, and magically, uh, this screen comes up. You can go right to our app. You can also download the app. Lots of different ways you can do that. We, we call people tithers who give 10% of all of their gross income. Uh, that's what we call tithers. And then above that, we call kingdom builders. And we have a lot of things that are going on at our church. You saw earlier where we went out in the community. All of that is funded by our kingdom builders. Tithers are the people that pay the bills, keep the lights on, pay the mortgage, take care of the staff. Kingdom builders are what propel the vision forward. Those are the ones that take the vision to the next level, and you can participate in that. Now, how many of y'all took math class when you were in kindergarten? Raise your hand if you took math class. How many didn't do so good in math class? I love math. Math is my favorite. I've heard that math is is racist now. It's not. Just wanted to make that clear. There are four components to math. You remember the four components? Subtraction, addition, division, and multiplication. Well, there is a spiritual arithmetic or a God's economy that you can get on when you become a tither and a giver. Now, this is really, really interesting because you see this all through the scriptures. Because often when we give to God, we think that he's taking something away from us. Okay, subtraction. In John chapter 6, there's an interesting story where Jesus has 5,000 men besides women, women and children, which means there's probably 25,000 people that are sitting in this field. And they haven't. It's Sunday. Chick-fil-A's closed, so they can't get any food. All right. I know we've all driven by a Chick-fil-A on a Sunday and went through the drive-thru. How many of y'all have gone through the drive-thru, honest, like, and gone, crap, it's Sunday, they're not even open. Um, So he is wanting to feed them, and his disciples don't know what to do, okay? And they're like, Jesus, look, we, we can't even, there's no way that we can do this. And so this little boy walks by, he's got a Captain D's number three meal, five loaves, five biscuits, and a couple pieces of fish planks, you know? And, and he goes, well, I got this. And they're like, what could, what could do with that? Okay, so here's what happens. Watch, watch this. This is God's arithmetic, okay? He subtracts the, the little boy's lunch, takes away from him the little boy's lunch. It's added to Jesus. Okay, here's what Jesus does. He lifts it up to heaven. He blesses it. This is where the miracle can happen. See, when you give to God... Now you've released it out of your hands. You've put it into the supernatural hands of God. So he takes it, addition, added to Jesus. He divides it to his disciples. He gives us 12 disciples, divides up this five loaves, five biscuits, couple chicken planks, okay, fish planks. And at that point, they go out. They're like, what is the world's going to happen? They start passing out the food. It starts multiplying. So we see subtraction. We see addition to Jesus. We see division through the, through the disciples. And then it multiplies. But that's not the end of the story. Not only does it multiply to help the people that are in need of food, 
But the Bible says at the end, they took up 12 baskets of food. There was a remainder. Remainder, some left over. Isn't that great? So here's the thing that's so amazing about generosity is you get blessed in the process. Above and beyond you could ever imagine or think. God pours it out. He touches people's lives, and then he uses it to bless you. Not just by the lives that are being touched, but he actually prospers you in the process, which is amazing. So that's, that's why my wife and I, have been, we, ever since we've been Christians, 30 plus years, we've been tithers, we've been kingdom builders, and I would encourage you to do the same. Can I pray for you? And then we'll introduce our guest speaker. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to give today, to be generous. We're so thankful, Lord, that you get to use us to minister to people. You get to use us through our finances, through the resources that you give us as tithers to be kingdom builders, to propel the vision, your mission here on earth. God, I pray for every person. I pray for every business owner. I pray for every salesperson. I pray for every person, God, as they give, as they tithe, and they are generous, Lord, that you will return back to them seed to sow in the future. And God, bless them with favor and your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. We got a special amen. guest. Yeah. Sweetheart, tell them, tell them who we How got today. How many of you are excited that you are in the house of, the God, of God today? The house of the Lord. And we are so glad for all of you that are joining online from all over, but if you can ever get a chance to be here in person, we would love for you to come because food always tastes best in the restaurant, right? It's better than to go. Hey, you understand sometimes you have to have the to-go option, but come join us if you can. So we are so excited to have David Harris Jr. with us. So we... <laughs> Is that Are it? Is that you close? kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so here's the thing. We have watched him on social media for a while. He's got a platform where millions upon millions follow him. And the thing that I love that he is unapologetic for is he is like, listen, I am a black man who serves the Lord wholeheartedly who votes on issues based on the Bible, despite what my skin color is. And he goes around and he preaches the gospel and he uses his platform to influence people to help change laws for the good. Now, we used to not really be those people that were really involved in politics that much. We just thought, you know what, we're going to be in the church teaching and reaching people. And we're going to trust that if we're teaching and reaching people in the church, that people are going to have common sense and elect people that actually stand up for biblical principles. Well, how many of you know that didn't happen? Right? And so what we saw over the last 18 months is where politics came knocking on the door of the church. We didn't try to go get into politics. Politics came messing with us, saying, we're going to shut your church down. You're going to have to marry people that the Bible says isn't okay. Then they started trying to tell people, you can be any gender that you want to be. You can identify yourself however you want to identify yourself. And we knew as the church that this wasn't a political thing, that it was a spiritual thing. And if you sit back and you're silent because you think it's quote-unquote political, the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket. So we as the church stood up and we are unapologetic for our stance. So that's why we bring in people like David Harris, who we believe have a prophetic voice in this time. Uh, that, that he has a prophetic voice. Yes. Um, people like Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, and other folks that you'll be able to see here at Freedom House Church. So I want you to stand up on your feet. Come on, let's give David Harris Jr. an amazing yes. Freedom House welcome. Woo! Woo! Come on. <laughs> Charlotte. Are you kidding me? Amazing to be here with all of you. Man, he makes my laugh sound so sinister, though. 
<laughs> That's more like it. That was more like it. <laughs> he said, <laughs> oh, man, so good to be with all of you today. How are you doing this morning? Are you excited? Are you excited for what you believe God is doing even in the midst of the chaos? Yeah. Are you excited to be a part of the body of Christ that I truly believe is the answer for every issue that's plaguing our country? But how many understand the body of Christ is pretty fractured? How many of you have lost family members that have walked away or turned their back on you over politics, like Penny was sharing? And let me also first just say how amazing Troy and Penny, you guys are, your hearts for this city, for this nation, your commitment and your passion to see truth prevail and to not back down. Penny, you are a tiger. You do not back down. And that boldness is something that we all need. I need some of that boldness. Give me some of that boldness. So you guys have something amazing here. So honored to be with you guys today and thank you for inviting me to speak. Bless you guys. And you should all feel so honored, really appreciative of what they've created for anybody to come be a part of. Because how many understand a whole lot of churches shut down last year and stayed that way? But how many of you believe, as I do, some of them needed to close down? <laughs> right? I don't, I don't want to go to a church where the pastor is so full of fear instead of faith in God, that he's just keeping his church closed and saying, oh, my, my parishioners, all the members of my church, hopefully you can find your answers out there on your own. That ain't how it should be. I'm sorry, but I'm just keeping it real this morning. And this is the second service, so I don't think I have a time limit. <laughs> I won't go full Kojic, though. For those that understand Kojic, I don't know if you understand Kojic, but my grandfather was a Church of God in Christ minister for 53 years. And those services could go three, four, five hours. So I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But I feel freedom this morning in Freedom House. Y'all feel freedom. So honored to be here with y'all today. If you don't know who I am, how many people don't have never heard of me? Show of hands. All right, good. Good amount of folks. So if you don't know, oh, my wife's texting me. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I love you. Miss you. Mwah. My high school sweetheart. We've been married 27 years. God is good, friends. If you've seen my wife, you know God is good. How did he get that? Penny, you get me. Troy's, Troy's like, I get you. So uh, I shared a video. How many of you guys share videos on social media? How many of you watch videos on social media? All right, there's more hands. So I, uh, I had posted videos and stuff, and I'd have maybe 150, 500, I'd get 1,000 views. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And for me, um, right after the third debate, if we go back to 2016, the third debate between Trump and Hillary, anybody remember watching that? I remember watching that going, oh, my goodness, this woman. The number one issue I had, number one, there was a lot, but the number one issue I had was she was very open about the belief that she held that babies didn't deserve any rights while they're in the womb, even up to the point of birth. And after that third debate, I was actually at Morningstar over here in Fort Mill. I was at Rick Joyner's church. Some of you guys appreciate Rick Joyner and know who that is? I hear Molly. It helps with worship, does worship. She spent some time there. I was over there, and uh, I, watched the end of that I watched that debate, and then I hopped on Facebook. I just had a message I just wanted to share. Hopped on with my 1,500 friends I had and just ranted. And I said, as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, and as a member of the black community. 
And let me tell you, for me, it's in that order. I'm a Christian first. I'm a Christian first. I said, this is what I feel is at stake right now in our country. And I went off for like 14 minutes. I just went off. But it was a very, very pro-life message. And the next, later that night, that video hit 50,000 views. The next morning was 100,000, then 200, then 300, then 400. I mean, it just went viral. And my inbox was flooded from messages from women, men, black, Asian, Hispanic, white. And an overarching message that I continued to read was, I'm a Democrat, my whole family are Democrats, and I was going to vote for Hillary until I watched your message. And they said, now I have to vote for Trump because that's voting for life. And I felt like God said, David, if you can wake up one person on this topic, will it be worth it to keep putting yourself out there and making these videos? And I said, yes. I said, yes. A year later, a little tidbit, a year later, a friend of mine sent me a, uh, a picture of a little baby. I'm like, what's this little baby? I don't know who this is. And he said, I got to tell you, when you put that video out there, he had a friend that was contemplating having an abortion. And he said he didn't feel like he knew the right words to say or how to say it. So he just sent her the link for that video. And then he also sent her a link for my wife's story. My wife found out when her mom was on hospice. And in the last few weeks of her life, my wife found out that her mom had left the abortion clinic and decided to have Jennifer. So even before that, we were pro-life. But how many understand that's, that's a whole new level? I wouldn't be the man I am. We wouldn't have our two amazing daughters if my bride's mom didn't choose life. It was a courageous choice for her. So he said he sent her my video, and he sent the post my wife had shared of her story. And then she sa he said that she decided to have the baby, and that's this little baby, little baby Ian. She chose life. That's the beautiful power of social media. Obviously, there's a whole lot of issues, but there's a beautiful, beautiful power in social media. If you used to watch me on YouTube, I'm not there anymore. They banned me last week. I must be doing something right. I don't know. It feels kind of like a digital lynching, though. We're just going to silence you. You're done. So I don't know. I'm thinking about suing. I'm talking to legal. I might do that. So fast forward. I kept making videos. That's opened up a lot of doors. Um, I got to meet with the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, multiple times. I was on his Black Voices for Trump squad. I got to meet him, shake his hand 10, 11 times. It's been absolutely amazing. And one thing I can tell you about that man is that you could be in a room full of people, but when he's talking to you, you have his undivided attention. It's like you're the only person in the room. I believe, I know, he truly cares about people. Does he say everything right all the time? Who does? It's the heart, right? And his heart is for this country. So... Um, there's a lot of things plaguing us right now in our country, and I don't want to talk too much about politics. I hope if you came here to hear me speak, you didn't want to hear me just harp on that, because while I enjoy traveling the country and speaking at a lot of political events and political rallies, I love that, but how many understand I love nothing more than being in the house of God? I can be real and raw in the house of God. And when I do go to those political rallies, I'm bringing the kingdom with me. I'm like, what do you want me to say? What message do you want me to deliver? Because we're called to invade the darkness, to pound down and knock, door, knock down the doors of hell, right? The gates of hell shall not prevail. We're called to go do that. You're called to do that. But when I'm in the house of the Lord, when I'm with family, there's nothing more beautiful. But our family, our body, the body of Christ, 
is under attack, like I've never seen before in this country, is under attack from so many sides and so many angles, from the BLM, who's anti-nuclear family, it's anti-Christ, it's anti-Jesus, nothing good whatsoever. Black Lives Matter movement organization was founded by Marxists who would love to do away with the belief of our beloved Yeshua. They'd love to do away with that. And how do you have an organization about black lives mattering when you're against the very thing that black families, all families, but especially black families need, a nuclear family? We all need fathers in the home. But fathers not being in the home is something that's plagued the black community for decades. And if you do your research and go back, you'll find out it was a Democrat that actually started the Great Society Act and started paying women to say, hey, if your husband's not in the house, we're going to pay you. The government will be your daddy. All right, I didn't want to go there, but I did there. <laughs> not trying to go there. What I, want, what I do want to talk about, and I'm so thankful for your guys' stance Troy and Penny, during that time, to be bold, to speak truth. Because it's really easy for everybody to say, well, y'all just some white folks, y'all know what you're talking about. How many understand that in itself is racist? Yeah. It is. You don't have to know me, be me, to understand what's going on. And I know Troy's background, he grew up in the ghetto. I didn't grow up in the ghetto. He knows more about the ghetto than I do. <laughs> right? But, oh, I'm supposed to be the expert because of my skin color. So devious. So deceitful. And unfortunately, the body of Christ is fractured right now because of that crisis. I believe the body of Christ, us as believers, as a whole, are having an identity crisis. And when I was praying about what message I felt that Papa, and we have such a good Papa, we have such a good, good father, don't we? When I was praying about what message he wanted me to bring, he wanted me to share my testimony of an encounter that I had with him, but then he also broke down to me this identity crisis that I believe is plaguing us. It's literally as old as time itself. It starts all the way back to Genesis. So if they have the scriptures, they can put it up there. Genesis 1:26, when God was getting ready to create man and thinking about the plan for everything that we have, it says, then God said, let us, us is important, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. Now, it's very interesting. They spent a lot of time with God. They walked in the garden with the Father. And when the serpent came in, when the enemy came in and tempted them and said, eat this fruit, I don't think the enemy knew what was going to happen, but he knew God told him not to. All he wanted them to do was disobey, right? What did happen when they ate the fruit? Genesis 3, 6 through 7, 7 says, She also gave to her husband who was still with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And what did they discover? They were naked. What does that mean? means they begin to look at themselves. They saw their skin. They saw their naked skin. They felt shame. They immediately wanted to cover themselves up. But they lost whatever identity they had before they became self-conscious. They lost it. And the enemy saw that. He said, wow, that's a great trick. 
get people to look at their skin? How can I separate and divide the body of Christ? How can I get them to look and judge each other based on the color of their skin? He's trying to do it again today. And unfortunately, he's too many, far too many of good believers, people that believe the Bible, people that profess to be Christians are falling for it. They're falling for that trick. So they realized they were naked. They had to cover themselves up. Now, it's interesting. In Genesis 5.3, it talks about Adam. He lived 130 years, and he had a son. And it says he had a son in his own image. What does that mean? means he didn't have his son in the image that God had created Adam in. Adam became self-conscious, self-aware, began to judge himself based on that self-consciousness, and then his kids were born the exact same way. And it's interesting that it's Adam and Eve in here. It doesn't say Adam and Steve. Thank you, Lord. Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve had kids, since we all came from them, we've all been born that same way. And how many understand you can be born again spiritually and the enemy can still come in and use that same trick to get you to judge yourself or somebody else based on the color of your skin. And I 100% believe that's exactly the attack that he's bringing against the church today. Critical race theory is of the devil. It's evil. It's demonic. And I encourage you, I spoke to a couple in between the services that are getting into their school board meeting. They're going to their school board meeting to stand up. We all must unite on this front. Whether you have kids in that school or you're in that neighborhood, get in there and speak your mind. Let them know that it is not okay for them to teach little kids to look and judge other people based on the color of their skin. It is completely backwards. We all need to stand up for that. So we were born with this self-consciousness, this self-identity. The enemy is using that to bring division, to be divisive. And how many of you in here, show of hands, have lost family members or friends that have turned their backs on you? Maybe because of some of your political beliefs or some of these new racial issues. How many? There's a lot of us. I believe the answer is that we need an identity makeover. We need a refreshed, renewed sense of identity. Our identity as God created us, as his kids. And that's that's what I felt that he wanted me to share with you this morning. I'm going to go back a little bit before I had this amazing encounter with God. I had an encounter with God. Anybody in here had an encounter with God, whether it was at church or in your car or just in your secret place? How many of you in here, literally, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you in here have had an encounter with God that wrecked you, that you had no paradigm for, that you didn't know, but it was good and you knew it was him? That's a lot of us in here. Every single person needs to have that encounter. And we need to go back for more. So 2010 for me was kind of like most people's 2020. 2020 hard for anyone in here? Is it still hard, 2021? The things that ailed us last year, the shutdowns, the lockdowns, just all the chaos wrecked a lot of homes. A lot of businesses are not going to be open. Standing at 60 or 70% of small businesses won't even reopen. It's horrific. My, my 2020 was actually in 2010. So in 2020, 2008 roughly, 
I wasn't walking with the Lord. I had a successful company. We were doing really well financially. And when I'm not walking with the Lord, before I had this identity encounter, before I got real with God and really bared myself before him, when I wasn't walking with the Lord, I would drink. I know I'm only talking to myself in here. I'm preaching to myself. I would drink too much. And for me, I'd be at parties. And when the party's not stopping, but you feel like you are, Sorry, this is a little R-rated in here this morning. It's not PG. Troy, is that okay? All right. He's over there telling everybody on Facebook. (laughs) For me, the party would then turn to cocaine to keep going. I know I'm only preaching to myself in here. I'm sure nobody in here has ever. You've seen it on TV, though, right? So... This one night, I was with a friend of mine. He was like, man, let's go get some Coke. I said, okay. So we went to get some, and it was different than the stuff you see on TV. You know, you see on TV, it, like, chops up. It wasn't chopping up. And he said, well, let's just smoke it. I was like, okay. So we had this little thing, and I took a hit, and it was like nothing I'd ever done before. And he said, you like that? That was crack. Just like that, I was hooked on crack for about two years. Towards the end of that two years, my wife did not know what was going on. I was about 160 pounds. I'm about 255 now, so take 100 pounds off of me. I was pretty sunken in. A good friend of mine that I met with towards the end of God waking me up, you've seen Lord of the Rings, and there was that one king that had death on him, literally had death on him. My friend said, you look like that guy. You had death on you. Now, maybe this is for somebody that's in here that knows somebody that's going through something like this. I want you to know God is good. He's faithful, even when we're not. So I'd reached a point after close to two years, this was in the the end of 2010, when my wife had left, she didn't know what was going on, but she knew I wasn't right. She took the kids. My company was tanking. People were stealing stuff from my business. I had no money, no income. I was at the end of my rope. But I was still doing these drugs. And then one night, I took a hit of this drug, and my eyeballs started going up and down that fast. Like, you can't make your eyeballs go up and down that fast. And in that moment, When I literally had made my bed in hell, David says, Lo, even there, you're with me. In that moment, I heard the voice of the Father say, Don't freak out. Don't freak out. This will pass. This will pass. So I intentionally did not look at my friend I was with because I didn't want him to panic. I didn't want him to freak out. It lasted about 60 or so seconds, and then my eyes got steady again, and and I could focus. The next morning, I called the friend that introduced me to crack and told him what happened, and he said, David Harris, he said, you need to stop. If you would have panicked, your heart would have exploded. So it wasn't soon after that that having come through that scenario literally facing death in the face that I said, God, I'm done running. How many of you have ever been there where you're just like, God, I am done running. I'm done trying to do it myself. I'm done trying to make my own decisions. I'm done running from you. I'm done. I said, God, I'm done. What do you want me to do? He said, go to church. I said, are you kidding me? Huh? Yeah, that was probably the first time. When I, uh, I wasn't walking with the Lord, when I was, before that, the church that I would go to in Reading was called Bethel Church. Anybody heard of Bethel Church? Amazing church, like this one. Feel God's presence. Miracles happen. I hadn't been for a long time. 
And I heard him say, go to church. And I'm like, have you been to Bethel 11 o'clock on a Sunday? It's going to be packed. I heard, go to church. When I finally stopped arguing with God, I got in the car, I turned on K-Love, and I started to bawl. I started to weep. Wife's gone. Company's in ruins. Oh, a lot of people money. I got to just go to God. I got to obey. So I get to church, and the road that you get to to the church is just one road that goes up this hill, and then the church is on the top of the hill. And when I turned on that road, the cars were lining the road. It was so packed. All the way up to the church, the cars are just lining the road. And I get to the top of the hill, and I see the parking lot just full, cars everywhere. And then I look to the left, and it says parking lot full because there's another parking lot. And I kept driving, and the very first parking spot was open. I was like. <laughs> so I parked there. I walk inside the church, large church. The lobby is packed with people, the overflow. When you walk in, there's bleachers in the back. They're packed. People everywhere. And I get a tap on my shoulder. The lady says, are you looking for a seat? You can have mine. I'm third row from the front on the left. I'm like. <laughs> I sit down, and Pastor Eric Johnson is walking out to speak. And he says, today's message is on the prodigal son coming home and walking into his inheritance. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That message was for me. I spoke to some of the pastors that I hadn't seen in years. I told them what I was dealing with. They prayed for me. God delivered me that day and never touched that stuff again. A new person, completely set free. So then I was hungry and passionate for this God that had just brought me back after making all those dumb decisions and just being off on my own. About three months later, he encountered my wife in such a way that caused her to come back to me as well. So we were restored April 1st, 2011. And like you heard, we've been married 27 years. Thank God for good brides that don't give up on their husbands. So after God just literally rescued me, I really felt challenged by Holy Spirit to say, you know what? You were living really hard for the enemy. You were going all out for the enemy. Why don't we put that desire into seeking God? We got any tongue talkers in the house? Yeah? Praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. You understand that when you speak in tongues, your spirit is literally communing with the Holy Spirit of God and praying to the Father things that you have no idea of, that you don't know that you need but you do, that is setting you up for success, that is, that is putting things in place, that is bringing things into alignment with heaven. That's what you do when you pray in tongues. Yet how often do we use that gift? How often... Do we just treat it as something we do in church? I felt Holy Spirit to challenge me. I felt he challenged me to say, I want you to do what Paul said, pray without ceasing. It's in the book. It's in the Bible, right? Pray without ceasing. So I literally began to pray in tongues. I challenged myself to pray in tongues all day. Even if I was talking to somebody, under my breath, I'd be... That started a supernatural acceleration of things in my life, friends. A supernatural acceleration. I'd pray in tongues. As soon as I'd realize I wasn't praying in tongues, I'd start praying in tongues again. I'd fall asleep praying in tongues. If I woke up in the middle of the night and realized I wasn't praying, I'd start praying in tongues again. I'd wake up and immediately start praying in tongues. That season was amazing. And in that season, and maybe that's a, a word of challenge for you if you feel the Holy Spirit is saying yes. If you feel that, just listen to that. If you feel that, accept that challenge. I guarantee you it'll blow you, it'll blow you away. It'll absolutely be life-changing for you. So in that season, so many supernatural things were happening. And in my secret place, how many of you in here have a secret place? 
How many of you know what a secret place is? How many of you guys are like, this guy's crazy? What's he talking about? <laughs> secret place is a place where you get, and it's just you and God. And you pray, praise, worship. For me, I love nothing more than in my secret place to turn on worship music. Like you guys played here. Just turn on worship music and just go all out. Praising and praising, praying God. Worshiping God. Just thanking him, not bringing anything to him other than myself and my, de my desire to worship him and honor him and bless him with my life. A secret place. The times that I would get into my secret place, God's presence would be amplified. You feel his presence during worship, right? How many of you feel his presence during worship? How many of you know you can feel that any time of the day? It doesn't take getting here, although I believe it's, it's elevated when we are a body of believers together. But that's, a, that's an invitation that God has for you when it's just you and him. So my encounter that completely shattered the identity crisis that I'd been battling for years. I was in my secret place. I was listening to worship. It was Stephanie Gritzinger. It was Kim Walker-Smith. I'm listening to worship. And I'm going after it. I'm praising. I'm praying. Yeah, if you guys can start the song. Yeah, go ahead and start. I'm praising. I'm praying. And I, this is an invitation for you, but this is also a present. I believe that every testimony is also a prophecy because what God did for one person, he'll do for somebody else. So while I had this encounter with God, my hope and my goal and my belief is that when we as a body truly seek to encounter God and have him encounter us, things will shift so fast in this nation. The body of Christ will become united again united like never before in this country and the gates of hell will not prevail so I'm in my secret place and I'm worshiping and I don't know about you but when I worship I close my eyes because God is a spirit my natural eyes can't see him I'm worshiping and I'm praising him and in my mind's eye I saw myself pull myself up onto this platform. It was this glass platform. It was suspended in the middle of darkness. It was dark everywhere. But I saw myself stand up on this platform. And in the distance, I saw the Father sitting on the throne. And when I saw him, it wasn't just the Father. There was something that exploded in my heart. Then I said, that's my father. And I began to shout, that's my father. That's my father. That's my father. It was a new revelation, not of him as just the father, but my father. He's your father. He wants us to know him as Papa God, as daddy. This erupted, this went on for about five or six or seven minutes where I was just shouting, that's my father. It was like a, a son and father that had been estranged for a hundred years and then were reunited. I had a brand new revelation of the father as my father. And then I saw Jesus standing next to him and it started all over again. It started all over again as I recognized him as not just Jesus, not just the Messiah, not just the Christ, the anointed one, but my brother. And I began to shout, that's my brother. That's my brother. You are my brother. And there was this flood in me, this fresh revelation of the Jesus that we read about. He did the miracles. He's not some distant being somewhere else. He is our brother. We are joint heirs with Christ. 
he's our brother. God, give us that revelation. Give us that revelation. Thank you, Dad. This went on for about 15 or 20 minutes. Just brand new revelation of who the Father is, of who I am, who Jesus is. And then I was, it was Sunday morning. I went to church that morning. And I don't know if you know the prophet Bob Jones. Molly was a part of his church over in Morningstar. I showed up to church that morning, and that very morning this happened. The very morning that this encounter happened, Bob Jones was preaching, and he said, Friends, I'm going to tell you, we used to talk about going to heaven like it was an event that happened at the end of your life. He said, I'm here today to tell you that's not accurate. You can access heaven every single day. He said, I go to heaven four or five times a day. Are you kidding me? The very morning that that happened, this is an invitation for you. This is an invitation for you to encounter your father like never before. I go back to that place in my secret place. I go some, mostly daily, not, not every single day, but I go back to that place often. One time when I first started going, I found myself at the feet of the Father. And I was terrified. I'm at the feet of the creator of the universe. And all my fear immediately flooded out of me as I felt his love for me. And he beckoned me up into his lap. And then he kissed me on the cheek. And he said, call me daddy. <laughs> Call me daddy. <laughs> How many of you understand he wants you to know him as daddy? The perfect father. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you didn't have a father in the picture. But the perfect father is always there to pick you up. He's always there for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. His plans for you are perfect. His plans for you are for hope, for peace. He has plans for you, for your family. Our daddy is perfect. And that's his invitation for us. He said, David, this morning at Freedom House, I want you to send out an invitation for anybody here or anybody watching that wants me to encounter them like never before. How many of you want that? How many of you want that? How many of you believe that he wants to encounter you more than you even want it yourself? Stand up. If that's you, stand up right now. If that's you, stand up right now. Worship is, the worship team is gonna sing this song. I want you to close your eyes. I believe some of you are gonna have encounters right now some of you will be later in your secret place. It may be in your car later. I've had encounters with Papa in my car, in my secret place. I've had some incredible encounters with Papa. He wants that from his kids. So close your eyes. Open up your hands or raise up your hands, whatever you feel comfortable doing. And just say yes. Just say yes. Yes, Daddy. Jesus called him Daddy too when he said, Abba. Yes, Daddy. I want to encounter you. I want my own encounter with you. I lay everything to the side. All the distractions, everything else where my mind wants to take me, I lay that down and I say, God, Father, encounter me in Jesus' name.
Now just listen to the worship. Listen to the words. With your heart open, just listen and have your hands raised. Your hands raised to receive. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> we say yes, God. We say yes, God. We say yes, God. We say yes, God. Have you win our lives, God? Wreck us, ruin us, make us never be the same. Shatter every paradigm that we put you in, every box that we put you in. Reveal yourself to us. We want to know you. We want to be encountered by you, God. And as you speak, the hearts you do, your creatures catch your breath. Pray in the spirit if you have that language. If you don't ask for it, pursue what We say yes to you, God. 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 We say yes. Lift your voice. Ask your Papa. Ask your daddy, say, God, encounter me. Encounter me. Give me an encounter with you, God. Give me an encounter with you, Father. Give me an encounter with you, Jesus. Reveal yourself to me. Now claim it for your family. Claim it for your loved ones. Claim it for your family. Give my family encounters. That lost one, that person that's not walking with the Lord, claim that for them. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, God. We say yes, God. Lift him a shout. Yes, God.
revelation of God's love this morning and if you feel like you still need one I want to challenge you press in in your secret place and even when you get one continue to press in in your secret place continue to push and be expectant in your prayer time we will win this battle that is waging in our country and it's going to be the body of Christ us Believers that unite together, that are God conscious, are Father conscious, not self conscious. We will be the uniting factor that changes the tides in this country. You believe that? I'm expectant for every single one of you and those watching. I know our good, good Papa God is going to begin to encounter you in ways that you could never have imagined. And when that happens, friends, understand, it's still just the beginning. He's got so, so much more for us. And you have no idea where he'll take you. Almost overdosed to the White House. His faithfulness his, able, his ability to restore, doesn't matter what, what situation you're in, doesn't matter what you're facing, our Papa is so good. But press in, enter in, be expectant in your prayer time. Have a secret place that nobody else is around and you're just worshiping your Father. You're honoring Him. He's going to show up in amazing ways and you're in the right house. You're in the freedom house. God bless you today. Awesome. Give it up for David. Wasn't that great? Phenomenal. 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 Thanks, buddy. He's going to be outside in just a minute. Um, he wrote a book. Love you to get a copy of this. You can go out there, meet him. He'll sign it for you, take a picture with you, laugh at you, whatever he needs to do. Um, it's fantastic. We we'll also want to help you. You know, one of the things that we love to do at Freedom House is empower you, give you some resources to help you do exactly what David said. You know, um, I, I, every morning I get up, I go to my office, I spend time with God. I've been doing it for 30 plus years. That's kind of my secret place. It's my time away from God, away from people and connecting with God. And um, so what I did a few years back is I wrote a devotional just to help you. It's 30 days invading his face, basically. It's basically getting in the face of God. And I would encourage you to grab a copy of this. It'll help you. I've already heard some people saying, hey, we've started it. We're six, seven days in. It's really helped. It's very practical. It's engaging. We ask, we ask you questions. And what I did is I don't leave you hanging without giving you the answer later, you know, so, which is really nice. Type A personality, I want the answer. You know, give me the appendix in the back. Is it really A or, you know, not just all of the above? So, Get your Bible, not your phone. Okay, your phone is not your Bible. It may have your Bible on it, but it's not your Bible, okay? You can get distracted really easy when you have your phone in your secret place. Turn your phone over, because your, you know, that paper thing, you know, they make these things, paper Bible, has page numbers on it and all that stuff, and it doesn't alert you when you get an Instagram like, doesn't let you know when somebody texts you. It doesn't vibrate, and you have to look at it. No, it's just a nice Bible. Get that. Get a pen. Grab the devotional, and then just go spend some time with God, and it'll help you over the next 30 days. It takes 27 days to start a new habit. Only 16 to start a bad one. 27 to start a new one. Spend the next 30 days in, in God's face. Men, where are my men at? Okay, so listen. This coming Saturday... I'm at Lake Norman. Uh, we have our global strong men's breakfast. You do not want to miss it. I got a word for you. I want to talk about the six things that make a man in America. And so I want to help you. So ladies, if you know a man, if you're married to a man, and you want to be more of a man, 
then send them to the global thing at the, the global strong meeting at Lake Norman campus. What is it, like seven bucks? You get breakfast, lots of bacon. It's just all bacon. That's all we have. We don't eat anything, no eggs, no bread, no jelly. You just get a handful of bacon. It's in a ball, and you just gnaw on it for the next hour and 15 minutes as I preach, going, amen, yeah, amen, you know. You can put some in your pocket, take it home with you, whatever you need. So it'll be fantastic. Hey, touch three people. Tell them you, God is so good, and he's my father, and you may be dismissed. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.